Come on, lift up your hands and worship. Yes, Lord. Make up a cash Oh, yes, Lord. One more time. Gratitude, magnify him, exalt him. Thank him, thank him for all that he is doing, for all that he has done, and all that he will do. Magnify him, offer him the fruit of your lips. Let him hear you, let him hear you, let him hear you. When you're praising him, it's not as a praise in grumbling, it's a praise in appreciation. Let him hear your voice so that he can signify, he can distinctly. Know whose voice it is that is praising him. Magnify him. For all that he is doing in your life, in your home, in your family, magnify him. Appreciate him for his goodness, for his mercy. Oh, Makabakasha. Reke Yabakasha Nabakasha. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. For in Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. Father, please accept our praise. Please accept our worship. As we go into your word, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds to receive from you. And that word that has our name on it, Lord, drop it in our hearts. And anybody whose amen is louder than their neighbor, let them live here with the biggest testimony. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the people of the Most High God will shout a loud hallelujah. Please help me to appreciate these wonderful minstrels, this wonderful best choir in the whole world, in my opinion. Come on, we can do better than that. The best choir, the best instrumentalist. And then appreciate yourselves for being the best congregation. Celebrate yourself. If a lizard can celebrate himself, you can celebrate yourself. A lizard will jump up and jump down. At the end of the day, you will see him knocking his head like this. 
that if nobody will celebrate me, I celebrate myself. I am special. I am beautiful. I am handsome. I am wonderfully made. You are better than a lizard. Come on, appreciate God for yourself. Celebrate the grace of God upon yourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Please six. Please take your seats majestically in the presence of the Most High God. I have no doubt that there's somebody under the sound of my voice. Today is your day. A day of unveiling. A day of revelation of destiny. And a day of beginning of fulfillment of destiny. If you are such a person, let your amen sound like thunder. Only 10 people got it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Okay, 20 got it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. About 50 got it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, Psalm 146. Psalms, the book of Psalms, Psalm 146. We'll read... From beginning to the ending. Psalm 146 from beginning to the ending. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. And this is a psalm of David. And David begins by saying, praise the Lord. Ah, that hallelujah is sitting in a wheelchair. When something is sitting in a wheelchair, it means that progress has been impeded. Again, David is saying, praise the Lord. Aha, better. He says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. Do not trust in princes or immortal men in whom there is no salvation. When his spirit leaves him, he returns to the earth. And in that very day, his thoughts and his plans perish. So how blessed and graciously favored are those at city of David whose help is the God of Israel, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who is this God? He's the one who has made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them. It is he who keeps truth and is faithful forever. He is the one who executes justice for the oppressed. At this junction, I have a leading in my spirit to declare over someone, you have been oppressed and as a result, you are depressed. But today, you shall begin to receive justice. Says he is the one who executes justice for the oppressed and he gives food to the hungry. And the Lord sets free the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. Your vision for success shall be revealed today. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. And the Lord loves the righteous, the upright in heart. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow. But it makes crooked the way of the wicked. Verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. 
Praise the Lord. That verse 10 reminds me of a song that unfortunately we don't sing enough of in this day and age. Jesus shall reign forevermore. Hallelujah. He shall reign forevermore. Oh, the King of kings shall reign forevermore. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord of Lords shall reign forevermore. Hallelujah. Evermore, my Savior shall reign forevermore. Hallelujah. of the Most High God. Because our Lord shall reign forevermore, you shall reign with him forever. You shall rule with him forever. If you believe so, let your amen be loud and clear. Thank you, choir. Please be seated. We're beginning a series on David. And this is the city of David. And I believe that when I was transferred here, I told us that by the special grace of God, apart from us being redeemed, we are Davidians. Which means that the DNA of David must flow within us. Why is the DNA of David so important? If God can look at David, a young man from nowhere. A young man from the backwaters. A young man from a village that was not even on the map. And God brought him out of obscurity. And made him a somebody in his generation. I decree in the name of the Lord of hosts. Somebody sitting under the sound of my voice this hour. That will be your portion this year. If you don't believe it, you don't need to say amen. It's not for everybody, but for somebody who knows that that will be their portion, let your amen be over, overshadow that of your neighbor. Amen. We're looking and starting from an angle that some of us may not expect. By the time we move to the next part of the series, we will show us the lineage of David from his father's side and from his mother's side. You will be able to see the kind of DNA that flowed into that young man that, show, that shows that God had already predetermined and predestined him 
to become a somebody. That's why Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, Jeremiah 1 5 says, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew thee and I predestined thee, I preordained thee to be a somebody and not a nobody. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. Before you leave this world, you will be a somebody of worthwhile. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. If you're looking for a topic for this short exhortation, it is simply reigning with Christ. Reigning with Christ. From the song we just sang, Jesus shall reign forever. If you are reigning with Christ, it means that you will reign forever. It means that the death that takes away kings on this earth, takes away chiefs on this earth, takes away igwes on this earth, takes away uh, sultan on this earth, that death will not end your own reign. Because your reign will not only continue here on earth, it will continue in heaven. If you believe that is your portion, let God hear your amen loud and clear. How do we know that this will happen? Well, the Bible lets us know in Genesis 1, 26 to 31. Genesis 1, 26 to 31, that that is God's master plan for you and I. He made us not to be ruled over, but for us to rule, to reign, and to have dominion. And then he confirmed it. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 6. It says, and when, not if, when means it will surely come to pass. For somebody under the sound of my voice, according to the time of life, your time of blessings shall come. That's why God has started with us in the Redeemed Christian Church of God this year with the theme, God bless you. It's not a greeting. It is a proclamation. When you go to another ministry, I will not mention the ministry's name, but you see them anytime they want to greet each other, they will say, bless you. Bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. Oh, bless you in the morning. Bless you in the afternoon. In the evening, they will also say, bless you. When you are going to bed, they say, bless you. Why? It's a greeting for them. But even in that greeting, it comes to pass. Because their words do not drop to the ground. That's the assurance God has given you. I hereby decree, because I know the words of my mouth will not drop to the ground. That in this year, 2021, above your peers, you shall be blessed. In the morning, you shall be blessed. Afternoon, you shall be blessed. Evening, you shall be blessed. Going out, you shall be blessed. Coming in, you shall be blessed. Village, you shall be blessed. City, you shall be blessed. Says, and when the Lord your God blesses you as he has promised, has God ever made a promise and not keep it? His words are yea and amen. When God speaks, it must happen. It must share it. Nothing can stop it. And as soon as he brings his promises to pass, as he has said, he says, then you will begin to do what? You lend to many nations. Only one or two people got that. 
I believe it's for you, man. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Blessings make you a lender, not a borrower. And you become a lender not to men alone, to nations. The piper, he who pays the piper dictates the tune. Which means that you don't even need to be president. But you are calling the shots. Ah. Can I pray for two people under the sound of my voice today? Those who are quick enough in the spirit to receive it, you shall be blessed beyond measure. You will become a lender unto nations. And you shall borrow no more. And then you shall rule over many nations. And they will no longer rule over you. Do you know why America has such a great hold on the world? Do you know why China is now having a great hold over Africa? We are going to them to go and borrow. And they are the ones dictating the truth now. They will come and work in our nation with money we have borrowed. They will bring their own men to our nation to come and do the work. And we, who are the nations that we have borrowed from them, we have no say-so. That is an error. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? In this nation, no other nationality will rule over you. It is an error for a Nigerian to be a house girl for a Lebanese. It is an error for a Nigerian to be a driver for a Chinese. I hereby decree, nations that come to Nigeria from now on will begin to serve you. Oh, your amen is sitting in a wheelchair. So it is God's master plan for you and I to reign and rule. So what does this have to do with us? I'm glad you asked. Point number two. When you reign with God, it takes you to the top. Our God sits in the heavenlies. He's not sitting in the shadows. Not underneath. He's sitting in the heavenlies. So when you begin to reign with you, you reign with him and you go to the top. Where is the top? The topmost top. Where is the top? Chairman of the company. Where is the top? Owner of the bank. Where is the top? Philanthropist. Where is the top? Industrialist. Not petty trader. Not market woman. Not student looking for school fees. Yesterday, a young lady from Instagram that I've never met was calling me constantly, crying on the phone, looking for money to pay school fees. That is not our portion. There are nations where you go to university, school fees free. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? And I'm praying for Nigeria because you are a Nigerian and righteousness exalts a nation. Because you are a Davidian, I decree in the name of the Lord of hosts, before you leave this world, you will educate nations. When you reign with God, he takes you to the top. That's why in Exodus chapter 19 verse 20, he did the same for Moses. Moses, well educated, favored from the womb, raised in the palace. At the age of 40, destiny aborted, destiny diverted, destiny derailed. And he went into the ministry of meh, meh, meh for 40 years. 
He did not even have his own company. He was working for his father-in-law. And I've said it before. Any man in here who is working for his wife's mother or wife's father does not have dignity at all. You don't have a say-so. Before you say one thing, your wife will give you ten. And bless God for our women. Their mouths are so sharp. When they speak, when they open, you will wish the ground will open up and swallow you. But we're not city of David women. They are, they are blessed, wonderful women. I mean, their voices, their mouths, their tongues are anointed. They don't talk like that to their husbands. But I'm talking about other women. Who, before you speak one thing, they will reply you with a thousand words. That you will look at yourself from head to toe and you say, God, take me now. Moses had no voice, no say so in his own household. Why? Ministry of meh, meh, meh until a day like today when God looked down and said there is enough, an end has come to your shame. There are five people under the sound of my voice today because you will begin to reign with Christ an end will come to your shame. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to let him hear your amen loud and clear. And the Bible says, and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai to where? The top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses. He called Oluwadamilari Adeboye. And he said, enough of your time in the valley. You are going to the top. If you are fast enough, mention your name. The Lord will call you today. He will call you to the very top. In your company, you will go to the top. In your business, you will become the number one business. If you believe so, let God hear your amen loud and clear. Point number three. After God calls you and you begin to reign with him and he takes you to the top, he will make you the topic. What is the topic? The topic is the subject matter. You become so important that whether you like it or not, they must talk about you. They cannot ignore you. There are some people, you, you dress well. <laughs> you, God has blessed you with a nice figure. You look good. And you are parading in front of that person. You are trying to get their attention. But they never notice you. You stand up, go to the toilet ten times. Not because you want to use the toilet. You just want to get their attention. But they never notice you. You are not on their radar. Hey, yeah. Wasted effort, wasted dress, wasted shaking, wasted walking, wasted toilet trip, wasted energy. And you are just going up and down, up and down, up and down. Nobody notices you. But when you become the subject matter, whether you are there or not, they must talk about you. Can I pray for 50 people? Only 50. Because you are going somewhere this year. In the name of the Lord of hosts, you will become a subject matter. Because you will become the topic in your generation. Do you know that was the case for Daniel? Slave boy in a strange land. But somehow, in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, God looked down and saw Daniel and saw a maker and saw Vincent and saw Gloria and saw Grace. Who else did he see? He saw Luadamilai. And he said, hang on, hang on a minute. What is this young man doing? I have predestined him to be on top. He cannot just be anybody, anyhow, treated anyhow. 
He said, this one must rise to the top. So, they had to create a special position for him, president or presidents. Because once you have a president, there cannot be president or presidents. But because of Daniel, a new position was created. Can I pray for five people who are receiving this in their spirit? In the name of the Lord of hosts, God will make you the topic. If you believe it, let God hear your amen loud and clear. Point number four. After God has made you a topic, he will now make you a topicality. What or who is a topicality? Somebody who by the special grace of God has now become an individual of topical interest. A celebrity. That people from all over the world, whether they know him or not, they celebrate him. Do you know that was the case of David Beckham? It's still the case of David Beckham. How many of you have heard of David Beckham? Bendy like Beckham. Do you know David Beckham was born, he was born in a slum in London? A part of London called East London, where only failures, gangsters, cultists, no good. That's where he was born. But God, in his infinite mercy, had predetermined and gave him bow legs like mine. <laughs> and said, You, this your leg will take you to the top. And he, from playing street football, he moved from strength football to playing for Manchester United, playing for Real Madrid, playing for England, captaining England. Do you know that today a street boy now owns his own football club? Why? God took him out of nothing and made him something. There are 10 people under the sound of my voice today. In the name of the Lord of hosts, out of the depths of despair that you have emerged, you will become a celebrity all over the world. Amen. I, I thought your amen would be loud and clear. Amen. Point number five. When God has made you a topicality and you are reigning with him, he will now topicalize you. Yes, some of you might have heard this message before, but God is asking me to begin from this angle and you will see soon, very soon. When God topicalizes you, what does it mean? It means he has immortalized you. Immortalization means a man's name transcends generations. He did not say, I will make you great. He said, I will make your name great. Your name outlasts you when God immortalizes you. That's why when you look at David, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 4 to 10. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 4 to 10. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 4 to 10. Help me, multimedia. Since David was 30 years old. How old? 30. A young adult and youth, just like I. So don't let anybody despise the days of your youth. Don't let anybody write you off and say you are too young. Stop writing yourself off in your own eyes. By saying, ah, I'm too young. I'm not experienced enough. I don't have what it takes. Everything that it takes is already inside you. When God sent the man of God to go and ordain David King, his own father did not think him worthy to be in part of the lineup. Array before me your sons. The father arrayed all the other sons. 
he left David behind. Hear this and hear me clearly. When men say it is over, that's when God takes over. When God takes over, your battle is over. When your battle is over, your victory is secured. Can I pray for 20 people, only 20, whose faith is big enough to receive it? All those who have written you off and said it is over for you, right under their noses, your victory will be assured. If you believe so, let your amen be loud and clear. David, at the age of 30, began to reign. And the Bible tells us that he reigned for 40 years. And then you move to verse 5. Verse 5. He reigned in Hebron over Judah for six years and six months. And then in Jerusalem, he reigned for 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. And then in verse 6, and the king and his men went to a certain location to take over. And the men of the city said, <laughs> you shall not enter here. For even the blind in our city, even the lame in our city, even those who are crippled will send you back. Ah, what are they saying? They are saying, young man, with all your muscles, with all your biceps, with all your intellect, with all the grace upon you, you are smaller than our crippled. That's an error. I reject that for you and my family. So when they said that concerning David, did David stop? No. The Bible says David entered. Nevertheless, he took the stronghold. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice today? Everywhere they have rejected you, you will become the chief cornerstone. Everywhere they have shut a door against you, seven doors will open in his place. Everywhere they said you will never reach, you will begin to rule and reign over them. David took the stronghold and it became the city of David. So we're laying the foundation for us at City of David with this message today. Other things will come and we will build upon it. This is to let you and I know that when your true identity is revealed, there's nothing you cannot accomplish. Sometimes, you will see in the animal kingdom, an animal raised with a particular set of animals in a farm as a domestic animal will begin to think that he belongs to those sets of animals. That's why sometimes you can see a lion being raised at home with cats and he will begin to do meow, meow as if he's a cat, not knowing that he or she is a lion. But when the true identity is revealed, ah, all of a sudden, one day, he will wake up. Translation. Listen, now what's going on? All this time, I've been thinking to myself that I am just an ordinary domestic cat. I did not know I was a lion, king of the jungle. Oh boy, come out for road. He will begin to now fulfill his mandate. And you know, never mind the economy of the forest. Lions don't eat grass. No matter how terrible the economy of the forest may be, they don't eat grass. But a lion who does not know who he is will eat grass. Some of you have been eating grass. 
because you don't know your identity. Because you think you are a slave, you think you are a servant. But I have come here to speak over your destiny today. Your sojourn in the land of slaves has come to an end. You will begin to rule and reign in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that is for you, let God hear your amen loud and clear. Please rise to your feet. That's the message for today. Just to prepare you for what lies ahead. Because as redeemers and as Davidians, what God has put in you and I is not for the valleys, for the mountaintop. What God has put in you and I is not to be slaves, but to be rulers. What God has put for you and I is not for us to be dominated, but for us to dominate. So wherever you are, your legs are walking. You can walk. You are not dead. You are not crippled. Please rise to your feet and lift up your hands to the Most High God and cry to him and say, Father, cry like you mean business. Say, Father, reveal my true identity to me. Go ahead and talk to the Most High God. Reveal my true identity to me. I am not a slave to sin. I am not a slave to money. Money is my messenger. Money is my servant. Sin is under me. Snakes and serpents are under me. I have dominion. That's why he said, I shall tread upon snakes, upon serpents, upon scorpions. And they shall by no means hurt me. Reveal my true identity to me. After you have revealed my true identity, restore me to my rightful place. Restore me to my rightful place. Restore me to my rightful place. Take me from the valley to the mountaintop. I am tired of the valley. Take me to the mountaintop. Oh, open your mouth and talk to God. It's not a prayer for ladies and gentlemen. It's a prayer for those who know that enough is enough of wallowing in obscurity. Help me, Lord, to fulfill my destiny. Help me, Lord. Everything blocking my destiny, every embargo of my destiny, shatter it today. Shatter it today. Shatter it today. Go ahead and talk to God. There's power in that name. There's power in that name. Power in that name. Power to chase demons. Power to heal the sick. Power to deliver. Come on, call that name. Call that name. Oh, call that name. Lift up your voices. Call that name. Oh, my Your name every day. Every 
Father, we call on you today. Like Bartimaeus did, we call on you today. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before you. If not for your mercy, where would we be? If not for your mercy, who would we be? So Jesus, thou son of David, we are calling upon you this morning, Lord. Please have mercy on us. Please have mercy on us. Please have mercy on us. As we go into your word, let the entrance of your word shed light. Let your word eradicate every form of darkness. Let it eradicate every form of sickness. Let it eradicate every form of demon possession. By virtue of your word, Lord, let our deliverance come this morning. Whosoever's amen can reach your ears in heaven, Father, let their testimony arrive now. Whosoever's amen can overshadow that of their neighbor, let their testimony be bigger than that. Before the sun sets today, my Father, my God, let our breakthroughs arrive. And all the glory shall return to you. All the shame to the devil. And the joy to we, your children. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let the redeemed of the Most High God shout a powerful hallelujah. That hallelujah is sitting in a wheelchair. You know you serve a living God. Jump up, shake one leg, shout a powerful hallelujah. Please go ahead and appreciate our King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the El Shaddai. And appreciate God for the best choir and instrumentalists in the whole world and then appreciate yourselves for being the best congregation that has ever existed you're all looking very beautiful looking very handsome as you take your seats in the presence of the most high god i have no doubt that before we complete this series that we have embarked upon the life and destiny of one individual will be transformed and the transformation will be for greatness. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. For the benefit of those who were not here last week and probably as a refresher, we are embarking on a series on David. This is the city of David. Apart from being Redeemites, we are also Davidians. Which means that we need to know everything that David embodies. Why God was able to look out in a generation and single him out. And say that I have found a man after my own heart. A testimonial that was never given to anybody else. I want to pray for somebody under the sound of my voice this hour. In the name of the Lord of hosts, in your generation and generations to come, God will single you out for a good testimony. 
If you believe so, let God hear your amen loud and clear. So as a refresher, last week, we started approaching this series from the angle that you need to recognize who you are. Once your identity is revealed, then you can begin to function as a Davidian. And we pointed out to us that number one, God's priority is that we rule and reign with him. And that when we begin to rule and reign with him, it will take us to the very top. And that when he takes us to the top, we become the topic. And when we become the topic, he now transforms us from non-entities and we become topicalities. And we used a young man named David Beckham as an example who was born in the slums of London. But God used the giftings that he has placed in him to make him a topicality. And a topicality, by definition, spiritual definition, is a celebrity. And this young man who came out of nothing now has a university in England, not in Nigeria, not in Brazil, not in Spain, in England, that has a three-year course studying him. This young man has gone from the streets and the slums of London to becoming a footballer and to becoming the only footballer in history that now owns his own football club. Can I pray for one individual under the sound of my voice? As this series continues, I decree over your destiny, you will move out of non-entity to topicality. And what others have not achieved before you, not only will you achieve it, you will surpass it. I thought your amen would be loud and clear. And then we finalized it by saying that after God has made you a topicality, he will now topicalize you. Which means that he will immortalize you. And how does God immortalize a man? He says, I will make your name great. So that your name will go from generations to generations. That's why in Mark 10, 46 to 52, Bartimaeus cried and said, Jesus, thou son of David, after hundreds of years, the name of David was invoked and attached to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to attach the name of Judas to any member of their family. But everybody wants to attach the name David. And I mentioned to us in time past that my name is Darren. But when I got to England to study, they could not pronounce the name. So they were calling me Dare. And I wanted to sound funky. So I shortened it from Dare to Dre. But when I gained consciousness of my true identity, that what does Dre mean? Darren stands for something wonderful. Why do I want to shorten and cut my destiny? Because I want to appease to men. So I said, listen, it's better if they cannot pronounce Oluwadamilari or Dare, change the R because the R looks like V to Dave. And I tell them, Dave short for David. Why? Because everybody wants to be associated with a good thing. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice here? I don't know what name you carry that is affecting your destiny. 
But in the name of the Lord of hosts, today, God will give you a new name. Amen. I thought your amen would be louder than that of your neighbor. Amen. So as we continue in this series, I'm going to be preaching on the topic, you and your priorities. You and your priorities. Like I said, we're approaching this series from an angle you would not expect. I'm sure you probably expect us to be talking about David right now, but no. We're not going to speak on David until later. As you sit down here looking at me, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? I know some of you will say, I see a fine boy. I see a pretty girl. What do you see? I see a graduate. No. What do you see? Ah, I see a lepasious. What do you see? I see a successful person. No. What do you see? What makes you who you are is on the inside. None of the outside. That's why many marriages are failing today. Because you attracted him with the eyelashes, with the pancake, with the everything else that you have done. But after wedding night was over, the following morning, what he woke up to was not what he used to see. So he no longer recognizes who is in the house with him. So the question, what do you see? You are a makeup of many generations before you. The DNA you carry is from both your side of the father and the side of the mother. And when you look at the lineage of David, I hope multimedia is there to help me. When you look at the lineage of David, you will see that David has a combination of several people that led to his birth. Brother Michael, are you there? Can you put up the lineage I discussed with you? Or you are not ready? Okay, he is not ready. No problem. We will move ahead. Open your Bibles with me, please, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. I read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. But first and most importantly, seek, which is aim at, which is strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, which is his way of doing things and being right. The attitude and the character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. You and your priorities. What is priority? Number one, priority is something you regard as most important. Priority is what you regard as most important. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. And this is prophet Jeremiah speaking. It says, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became a joy to me 
and the delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Priority. That's why the book of John chapter 4 verse 34. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 verse 34. John chapter 4 verse 34. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. Priority is what you consider most important. What is priority? Number two, it is something you give special attention to in the midst of all other things. Something you give special attention to in the midst of all others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 to 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 12 to 20. It says, and I read, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but not, I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. Food is for the stomach, yes. And the stomach is for food, yes. But God will do away with both of them. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body to save, to sanctify, and to raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Therefore, run away from sexual immorality in any form. Whether thoughts or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? Whom you have received as a gift from God and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. Priority. Our priority in this generation is to expose everything that should be hidden. We make public what should be private. Wrong priority. You say, I must sell my goods so that somebody can come and buy. Wrong priority. Those who actually are worth something don't have to expose anything. You take a picture. Now you use and you put a dress that has a slit and somebody is laughing because you probably know what I'm talking about. And you put a slit up here and then you pose and you put your leg like this. Why? What should be hidden? All of a sudden, you want everybody to be seeing it. Priority. What is the purpose of dress? To cover your nakedness. Why then do you have a dress and then out of that dress, you still want to expose your nakedness? Priority. 
Your body is not meant to be a sexual object. So when you dress, your priority is not to be sexy. Your priority is to be classy. Priority. Whatever you are found, wherever you are found, you are meant to represent Christ, not to represent man or to make man happy. Priority. Your body is not for you to dance and impress people. It's for you to glorify God. Priority. When you come into the house of God and you cannot dance for God and sweat for God because you are feeling too big and feeling too cool, wrong priority. That's what you call a perverted priority. David knew his priorities. He used everything God gave him to glorify God. He set his priorities right. Point number three, what is priority? It's something you regard and treasure in your heart. It is something you regard and treasure in your heart. That's why David said in Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 11. It says and I read. Your word I have treasured and stored in my heart. That I may not sin against you. Priority. What is your priority when you wake up in the morning? I can tell. First thing you reach for, your phone. Facebook, how many likes? Instagrams, how many loves? Snapchat, how many views? That is your wrong priority. When you wake up in the morning, have you said thank you to the man who kept you through the night? And the one who woke you up? The one who made sure that the evil ones did not take your life when you were nobody. The one who brought you out of the merry clay and saved you and destined you for the future. Have you spent some quiet time with him throughout the entire day? You're on your phone. Are you reading your Bible on the phone? Or you are reading what other people are doing with their lives? What you feed on is what determines what makes up your body. What makes up your system? Feeding on social media? Watching TikTok movies? That is your wrong priority. A perverted priority. How much time do you devote to God and the things of God? Yet, when you need God, you remember God. So you use and abuse God and the moment he has answered you, you drop him and you forget all about him. There are some of us here, the only time you open the Bible is on Sunday morning. And you don't touch the Bible again until the next Sunday. That's why when we say open to Jeremiah, you don't even know where Jeremiah is. Why? Perverted priorities. This series is not going to be a series that will excite you. It's a series that will deal with you on your daily life issues. That will help you get yourself right and recalibrate your senses. The prodigal son, the Bible says, came back to himself. This generation, we are lost. And I'm not talking to you alone. I'm talking, you say, I said we. We are lost. We have misrode. We don't even know what is right anymore. Everything goes. That's why we sing this song, in God's presence, anything goes, that's an error. In God's presence, not anything goes. Sin does not go. Lie does not go. Fornication does not go. Why? 
we have a perverted priority. I pray for somebody listening to me this day that this word you are hearing will convict you and correct you. I thought your amen would be loud and clear. That's why in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 21. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 21. says, do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. Believe you me, brethren, if God takes me now, I'm ready to go home. Hey, you are too young to go. I'm ready to go. My treasures are not here on earth. I have laid up by God's grace so much treasure in heaven that I'm ready to go and claim my mansion in heaven. I'm ready for my crown of glory in heaven. Why? I came into this world naked. I will live naked. And believe you me, no matter how many clothes and materials you have at home, same thing will happen to you. All these things you are chasing, fame, fortune, wrong priorities. Seek you first the kingdom of God and then what will happen? All other things will be added to you. Do you know it is possible for you to ride cars you did not buy? It is possible for you to live in houses you did not build. People can wake up in the morning and God will lay it on their hearts that you go and bless my son, go and bless my daughter. Why? Because you got your priorities right. I think I've shared this with all before, but there's a young man that we all know, Frank Edwards. Grew up on the streets of Lagos. In fact, he was a street hawker. Selling puff puff in the morning, not able to be able to pay school fees. And then after school, he will come and sell pure water in order to make ends meet. But the moment he got his priorities right and he devoted his life to Christ, things began to change. One day, God woke somebody up and said, go and buy land at VGC. For those of you who know Lagos, you know where VGC is. Said, when you buy the land, build a two, you know, a two-story duplex. After the person finished building it, God said, furnish it. Italian furniture. Best of crockery, best of this, best of technology. He furnished it. God now said, take the keys. You are not going to live in this house. Take the keys and go and give it to my son, Frank Edwards. This young man who grew up on the streets is living in a mansion he did not build, he did not design, he did not stress over. Why? He committed himself as a young man to God. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? As you get your priorities right, what others are chasing after will begin to chase after you. Amen. That amen is standing on one leg. Amen. So, who is a man without the right priority? I'll give you three points quickly. Number one, a man without the right priority is unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. 
John 21, 1 to 3. John 21, John 21, 1 to 3. After this, Jesus let himself be seen and revealed himself to the disciples to let them know he was alive, to let them know he had risen from the dead. But then, Peter, the one who Jesus said, upon this rock will I build my church. After he still saw Jesus, his priority was still, I will go and fish. So he said to the other disciples, I'm going back to fish. And what did they do? They followed him. When they went, what happened? They caught nothing. God brought you out of failure. When he met you, you were a failure. You were a nobody. But the moment a little challenge came, you focused on something else. Some people during this pandemic have shifted their face, shifted their attention away from God or godly things. Now they are looking at get rich quick schemes. How can I quickly buy Bitcoin? How can I quickly do this? How can I? I'm not saying you should not make wise investments. But the Bible says, keep looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. A man without the right priority will be unstable in all his ways. Number two, a man without the right priority will have no integrity. How do we know this? Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. When God boasted about Job and the devil attacked him, the closest person to him, who is meant to be his encourager, was the one that came to him and said, do you know what? You are still holding on to this Jesus? You are still holding on to this righteousness? Oh boy, renounce God and die. It is better for you to be dead than to be a dead man living. Why was she giving such an advice? Wrong priority. She likes all the jewelry, all the nice clothes, the nice house, the nice cars that they had before the issue came. She enjoyed the status in society. Ah, don't you know that's Mrs. Job? <laughs> With the red bottom shoes, that's Mrs. Job. But the moment she had to start wearing slippers, she didn't like it. She forgot that when she came into this world, she came with nothing. Wrong priorities. But Job put her right and said, listen, it is even good that he afflicted me. Throughout this period, I will keep my eyes focused because you are speaking as one of those who are foolish. It is only a foolish person that takes his eyes off God when there are storms. How do you know a man without priority, number three? That individual is a liability, not an asset. That individual is a liability, not an asset. What is a liability? Something that you don't need. Something that will put you into trouble. Something that will bring wahala. Something that does not add from you. Something that subtracts from you, takes away from you, consumes your energy. That is a liability. That's why in Colossians chapter 4 verse 14, Colossians chapter 4 verse 14, Apostle Paul is speaking and he mentioned two names. He mentioned a young man named Luke. He mentioned another young man named Demas. That they are with me in ministry 
As young men, focused on the right thing, focused on the kingdom, focused on heaven. But by the time you fast forward to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. 2 Timothy 4, 9 to 11. All of a sudden, he's talking about Demas, the second one, that he has forgotten us. He has forgotten Christ and he has returned to the world. His priority has shifted. But he still mentioned Luke, that Luke is with the Lord. Many of us, when there is a storm, we forget God. David, through the storm, remained focused. Even when his parents put him in Sambisa Forest, he remained focused. Even when Saul, whom he was serving in the palace, wanted to kill him, he remained faithful and loyal. He was focused. But many of us as young adults and youths today, wrong priority. Show me a man that sets his priorities right and I will show you a celebrity. Everybody who is a celebrity today has their priorities right. Whether they are Christian celebrities or worldly celebrities, they have their priorities right. When they wake up in the morning, they have targets and goals that they set. This is what I want to achieve. This is how I'm going to achieve it. They have their priorities right. My dear brothers, my dear sisters, what are your priorities? Is your priority to be a show-off? Is your priority to oppress? What are your priorities? To make money or get rich while or die? Try. What are your priorities? You need to get your priorities right. That's why Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 says, For you have been raised with Christ to a new life. Thus, sharing his resurrection from the dead. So, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. And set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. Not on the things that are where? On the earth. Verse 3. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. What is your priority? Not on earthly things. Pastor, are we not going to dress? Yes, you will dress, but don't kill yourself buying material you cannot afford. Pastor, are we not going to eat? Yes, you will eat, but don't steal money because of what you are going to eat. Pastor, you don't want us to drive nice cars? Yes. Don't go and commit fraud because you want to drive a brand new car. Set your priorities right. David knew his priorities. He set his priorities right. And God saw him and said, I have seen a man after my own heart. And how do we know David knew what his right priorities were? David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Please rise to your feet. You and your priorities. Go home. Make a list. Get your priorities right. What do you think about the first time you wake up? That's your priority. What do you think most throughout the entire day? That's your priority. What do you think about when you are going to bed? That's your priority. 
What do you dream about in your sleep? That's your priority. If all that is on your mind is girls, 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 that's your priority. If it is money, 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 that's your priority. If God is not your priority, I feel sorry for you. If he's not number one in everything you do, I feel sorry for you. Perhaps you're here this morning and you know that you have not made God your priority, but you want to start making him your priority from now. And you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ and rededicate my life to Christ. I want to stop focusing on worldly things, but on earthly things. You have an opportunity this morning to make things right. Wherever you are, raise up your hand so I can pray with you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Whoever is shy or ashamed of the devil, I mean ashamed of God, Jesus said, before God, I will deny you if you deny me before men. You know you need to make things right between yourself and God. Wherever you are, please raise up your hand. As you have raised up your hand, kindly step forward quickly. Kindly step forward quickly. Church, let's appreciate God for these ones. God bless you as you are stepping forward. God bless you. Today, God is about to recalibrate your destiny. He's about to change the course of your destiny. God bless you as you step forward. God bless you. God bless you. When your priorities are wrong, you begin to do things that are wrong. Things that go against your nature. This is an opportunity to put things right. To set your priorities right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as you step forward. Begin to talk to God right now and say, Father, have mercy on me. For all the things I have ever done wrong. For all the things I have ever thought wrong. For all the words I have ever said wrong. For all the places, the wrong places I have ever gone. Because my priorities were wrong. Have mercy upon me, O oh Lord. Forgive me, O oh Lord. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me, O oh Lord. The rest of us, please stretch forth your hands towards our brothers and sisters. That God will have mercy. That he will forgive. He will cleanse them. Give them a brand new beginning. That all things will pass away. And all things will become new. That as they set their priorities to the things of heaven today. As they set their priorities to the things of Christ today. That God will give them a brand new beginning. That their destinies will be realigned. And whilst you're standing there praying for them, pray for yourself. Because he who thinks he stands, he should take it. Lest he falls. You might think you have your priorities right. Not knowing you have wavered. Not knowing you are no longer on the right course. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for mercy. Ask him for mercy. Ask him for mercy. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we want to say thank you for the opportunity to set our priorities right. We come before the throne of grace this morning to ask for forgiveness of sins. When we have put other things ahead of you, before you, and above you, we come before the throne of grace this morning to say, Father, please have mercy and forgive us in the name of Jesus. With the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary, for these your sons and daughters that are making a bold statement today, please, Lord, cleanse them from head to toe in the name of Jesus. Erase their names from the book of death, O Lord, and please write their names in the book of life. Give them a brand new beginning. Let old things pass away and let all things become new. And for everybody who is honest enough to say, Lord, I am sorry 
have mercy concerning each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord Almighty, that when the saints go marching into your kingdom, none of us will be left behind. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I rejoice with you, my brothers and sisters. You will follow our ministers here as they attend to you. Church, please, let's appreciate God for them. Come on, appreciate God for them. No man comments unto the Father except he calls them. And many are called, but these are the few that were chosen today. They were chosen so that their destinies can be realigned. So please go ahead and appreciate God for them. And in the same vein, appreciate God for your own destiny. That your destiny is secure in him. Go ahead and appreciate him. Here are the announcements for the week. There will be house fellowship today at our various centers. Time, 4 p.m. Our Digging Deep service continues this week Wednesday with the topic, God the Holy Spirit, Part 14. Time, 5.30 p.m. Our faith clinic comes up this Friday by 5.30 p.m. Seed of David, Multimedia, Mobs and Prayer Department are to win souls this week. Area to be covered. Acrudum Street. The registration for the School of Discipleship is ongoing. Registration fee is 1,400 Naira only. School fee is 24,100 Naira only. Interested persons should please put down their names at the church office. Gracious Lamb Music School has started. It holds every Saturday by 12 noon. Interested persons can still join the class. RISE 19 comes up from the 8th to the 21st of March 2020. Interested persons should please put down their names at the church office. Jesus Market Welfare Outreach comes up on the 21st of March 2020. Those that have items to offer, those that have items to offer should please start bringing them to the church office. Women in Ministry Conference holds immediately after service on the 15th of March, 2020. Theme, A Mother in the Land. This conference is meant for all ladies. Do have a blessed week ahead. Thank you. We give you honor. We give you adoration. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for being our maker. We thank you for being our savior. We thank you for being the redeemer of our soul. We thank you for your mercies which are new towards us every morning. We return all glory, all honor, all adoration to you. We say be thou exalted, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. If nobody else will appreciate you, Lord, city of David will appreciate you. If my neighbor will not appreciate you, Lord, I will appreciate you. For your loving kindness, I say thank you. For your mercies, we say thank you. For your provision, we say thank you. For your protection, we say thank you. For your increase, we say thank you. For advancement, we say thank you. For multiplication, we say thank you. We give you glory, Lord. Please accept our thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. As we go into your word, 
We ask, O oh Lord, that the entrance of your word will shed light into every dark corners of our lives. A word in season for our souls. Lord, drop it in our hearts today in the name of Jesus. And at the end of today's service, Lord, let none of us go back home the same way we came. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let the redeemed of the Most High God shout a loud hallelujah. Please let me help me to appreciate the best choir in the whole world, the best choir and instrumentalist in the whole world. And give yourselves a round of applause for making it to church. In spite of the heavy downfall, you made it to church. God bless you as you take your seats majestically in the presence of the Most High God. In the Redeemed Christian Church of God, this is a new year for us, so I wish you Happy New Year. And it is so good to see you all after many months of lockdown, but I believe that the lockdown is over in the mighty name of Jesus. Very quickly, open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, I shall be reading from verses 1 to 22 from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Genesis chapter 8, from verses 1 to 22. And whilst you're opening to your Bible, if you're looking for a topic for this message, it is simply life after lockdown. Life after lockdown. And God remembered and thought kindly of Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the land and the waters receded. Also the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were closed. The pouring rain from the sky was restrained and the waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had diminished. On the 17th day of the seventh month, which is five months after the rain began, when did the lockdown begin? Five months ago. And the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. At this junction, let me speak a word of life over the destiny of one individual here this morning. This very month, the mountain or the ark of your destiny shall come to rest. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. And verse 5 says, And the waters continued to decrease until the 10th month. On the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of another 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent out a raven which flew here and there until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then Noah sent out a dove to see if the water level had fallen before below the surface of the land. But the dove found no place on which to rest the sole of her feet. And she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the entire earth. So he reached out his hand and took the dove and brought her into the ark. He waited another seven days and again sent the dove out from the ark. The dove came back to him in the evening. And there in her beak was a fresh olive leaf. So no one knew that the water level had subsided from the earth. 
Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dough. But this time around, she did not return again to him. At this junction, can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? This very week, a sign that your time for prosperity after lockdown has come will begin to surface in your life. I thought your amen would be louder than that. Verse 13, now in the 601st year of Noah's life, on the first day of the first month, the waters were drying up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and the surface of the ground was drying. On the 27th day of the month, the land was entirely dry. And God spoke to Noah. Only one person got that. Before this coming week is over, you will land on dry ground. That message or that prayer is for only one person. If you are that person, receive it in the name of Jesus. Because in verse 4, it says on the 17th day of the month. The 17th day of this month was Monday last week. God already started doing something for you without you realizing it. And what God started on Monday last week is getting ready to show you the sign of that which he has been doing in the spiritual realm. Can I pray for five people who are quick enough in the spirit to receive it? As you enter into this week in the name of the Lord of hosts, your signs of life after lockdown will begin to manifest. If you believe it, let your amen be louder than that of your neighbor. And the Bible says, and God spoke to Noah, saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing from all flesh, birds and animals, and every crawling thing that crawls on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his wife and his sons and their wives with him, after being in the ark for one year and ten days. Every animal, every crawling thing, every bird, and whatever moves on the land, went out by families, types, groups from the ark. And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every ceremonially clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Then the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma a soothing, satisfying scent. And the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intent, the strong inclination, the desire of man's heart is wicked from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. Verse 22. While the earth remains, See time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Life after lockdown. After lockdown, my dear brothers and sisters, life continues for only those who are alive. This lockdown has claimed so many lives. 
the rich, the powerful, the mighty, the poor, the known, the unknown alike. But in the midst of this lockdown, God had already predetermined and predestined that you will not be amongst those in the land of the dead. So therefore, I hereby decree, standing here on this exalted altar, because this lockdown has not claimed your life, no weapon of the enemy fashioned against you henceforth shall prosper. That amen is sitting in a wheelchair. That amen is standing on one leg. Five questions quickly. Question number one. What caused the lockdown in the first place? A simple answer to that is that God saw the wickedness of man on the face of earth and decided that a cleansing was needed. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. And the Lord saw that the wickedness, the depravity of man was great on the earth and that every imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. The reason for this lockdown we are experiencing is because God wants to do a cleansing. He wants to use this period to clean out certain unwanted elements. Elements that have been eaten into the fabric of mankind. A certain individual passed away via this lockdown. If the lockdown was not in place, he would have gone abroad and had the best of care overseas. The amount of money they spent on the hospital at Asso Villa is more than enough to take care of the entire nation. But God knew that this man who is called the chief of staff, is eating into the fabric of the nation and his entire family. And God decided to wipe him out. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? Every individual eating into the fabric of your destiny, before this lockdown is over, God will wipe them out. Question number two. What were the effects of the lockdown? Well, the simple answer to that is that there was a great havoc. There was a great havoc. There was pandemonium. According to Genesis chapter 7 verses 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7 from verses 1 to 5. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. You with all your household, for you alone I have seen as righteous, doing what is right before me in this generation. So of every clean animal, you shall take with you seven pair, the male and his female. And of animals that are not clean, two each, the male and his female. Also of the birds of the earth, seven pair, the male and the female, to keep the offspring alive on the surface of the earth. For in seven days I am going to cause it to rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And I will destroy, blot out, 
wipe away every living thing that I have made from the surface of the earth. And so Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. There was a great havoc. What had never happened before happened. Traveling shut down. Shopping shut down. Socializing shut down. Service shut down. Everything came to a standstill. Businesses could no longer move. Unemployment became rampant. People were now homeless. People were starving. There was a great havoc in the land. I don't know who has been affected by this lockdown. But God has sent me here with goodness for you today. That your period of pain has come to an end. Your period of suffering has come to an end. Question number three. So how did Noah come out of this lockdown? Simple answer to that is this. He came out of this lockdown by keeping to the guidelines of heaven. By keeping to the guidelines of heaven. In that same Genesis chapter 7 from verses 13 to 16. Genesis chapter 7 from verse 13 to 16. It says, on the very same day, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered into the ark. They and every animal according to his kind. All the livestock according to their kinds. Every moving thing that crawls on the earth according to its kind. And every bird according to its kind. Every winged thing of every sort. So they went into the ark with Noah two by two of all living things in which there was birth and the spirit of life. Those which entered, male and female, of all flesh entered as God had commanded Noah. And the Lord closed the door behind them. It was not Noah that closed the door behind himself. It was the Lord that closed the door behind them. Can I pray for somebody representing a family here? Because you are obeying God's word, in the name of the Lord of hosts, he will watch out for you and your entire family. Question number four. How or what did God do when Noah came out of the lockdown? What did God do when Noah came out of the lockdown? Simple answer to that is that God blessed Noah and his family. God blessed Noah and his family. Genesis, receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful. Uh, let me repeat it for those who are still booting, who are still waking up because of the weather. I know this is good sleep weather, good dream weather, but for those who are spiritually alert. And God said to Oluwadam Milaria and his family, be fruitful and multiply. 
I, I thought you would mention my name when you are mentioning yours. And God blessed Oluwadamila Radeboye and his entire family and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the entire earth. The fear and the terror of you shall be instinctive in every animal of the land and in every bird of the air and together with everything that moves on the ground and with all the fish of the sea they are given into your hand every moving thing that lives shall be food for you I give you everything as I gave you the green plants and vegetables. Do you know what that means? Land, air, or sea. What God is saying is, after this lockdown is over, you are now in charge. All the witches flying in the air, when they see you coming, they will begin to flee. Every serpent sent to come and poison you, when they come near, the fire of God will roast them. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. And then finally, question number five. What did Noah do after the lockdown? Noah built an altar of thanksgiving to God. Noah built an altar of thanksgiving to God. The same Genesis chapter 8 that we read earlier on from verses 20 to 22. The Bible says, and Noah built an altar and took the very best and gave it to the Lord. And when God smelt the sweet smelling aroma, God began to make promises. Anytime a woman is wise and she wants to get something from the husband, instead of nagging your husband to death, there is another way you can get what you want. Take care of the stomach, the mouth will speak. I'm sure those who are married and have experienced for some time know what I'm talking about. Take care of the stomach, the mouth we speak. My father was able to go to school because of what his mother did to his own father. They did not have money to send him to school. They took all his older sisters, all his older siblings out of school. Why? Because his mother knew that this one was different from all others. And this one would be the star that will make it and make our family name go all over the world. So she will cook the best for his father. And then after she has cooked, she will begin to serenade him. A poor farmer whose farm was only 10 by 5. She will begin to say, your farm is the biggest in the land. Your cash crops are like no other. When you move, it is as if an elephant is moving. When you speak, it is as if thunder is sounding. When you stand, you reach the heavens. This poor farmer, who did not know anybody, did not know anything, himself, hey, it's true, you are talking to a man. You are describing a man. 
What can I do for you? Name it. Anything in the world, it is yours. And she will say, you know your son, Enoch. We have not paid his school fees. So the man will go and borrow money to pay school fees to send Enoch Adejari Adeboye to school. And today, the entire family's name is known all over the world. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? That which you will give to God, that will make God stand from his throne, that will provoke blessings that nobody else has never had in your family or generations, God will begin to teach you to give in the name of Jesus. In conclusion, Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 to 23. Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 to 23. And Noah began to farm and cultivate the ground. And he planted a vineyard. And he drank some of the wine. And he became drunk. And he was uncovered and lay exposed inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw by accident the nakedness of his father. And to his father's shame, told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took a robe and put it on both their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah woke from his wine, his induced stupor, he knew what his younger son Ham had done to him. So he said, Cursed be Canaan, the son of Ham. A servant of servants he shall be to his brothers. And he also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. And let Canaan be his servant. And he also said, may God enlarge the land of Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. According to historians, the black race, we Africans, we are the descendants of Ham. This was the same land of Canaan that God said is a land flowing with milk and honey. But because of the mistake of the father, not the son, the father after coming out of lockdown became careless. What is the conclusion? Don't become careless. Be careful not to be careless. Carry out all the instructions and the guidelines. Wear your face mask. Wash your hands. Sanitize. Social distancing. Don't cough into other people's faces. Follow all the instructions. Don't get carried away. Noah became careless. And as a result, one of his own descendants became cause for life. We Africans, as intelligent as we are, 
as resourceful as we are because of the curse that came out of carelessness. That's why we are where we are today. The Europeans are not more intelligent than we are. In fact, they are not as intelligent as we are. They are not as strong as we are. That's why when you are looking at races, 100 meters, who wins it? A black man. 200, who wins? A black man. In any form of athletics, boxing, who is the champion? A black man. God has made us stronger, wiser, but because of a curse placed on our lineage. I don't know who God is speaking to this morning. But I come here with the mantle of God resting upon me. And I decree by the anointing that destroys yoke. Every curse that has been operating in your family's lineage. This very hour it is hereby broken. If you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. Please rise to your feet wherever you are. Lift up your hands where you are and cry to the most high God and say unto him, Father, cry like you mean business. Say, Father, when this lockdown is over, let me come out far, far better. Far, far prosperous. Far, far victorious than when I went into it. Go ahead and talk to the Most High God. This is not the prayer of ladies and gentlemen. Father, when this lockdown is over, let me come out far, far better. Far, far victorious. Far, far prosperous. Lord Almighty, when this lockdown is over, let my situation be better. Let my circumstances be better. Let my family be far, far better. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let God hear your amen loud and clear. Lift up your hands and your voices once again and say, Father, as you are cleansing the earth, and wiping away people, wiping away entities, wiping away individuals during this lockdown. Don't let me or my family be a part of them. Go ahead and talk to the most high God. Father, as you are cleansing the earth, wiping away unwanted elements because of their sins and transgressions. In your mercy, O oh Lord, don't let my family and I be part of them. Have mercy, O oh Lord, have mercy, O oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, O oh Lord, have mercy, O oh Lord, have mercy. Let us come out far, far better. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Let God hear your amen loud and clear. Now this may be the last prayer point, but it is by no means the least. 
Lift up your hands once again and let your voices be louder than your neighbor and cry to God and say, Father, as others are saying there is a casting down, for me and my family, let there be a lifting up. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Talk to the Most High God. Reveal yourself. Speak a word in season into our lives. Wherever you find a believing amen, let such a person go home with a testimony. Let such a person go home with a breakthrough. Let such a person go home with the biggest blessing. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let the redeemed of the Most High God shout a loud hallelujah. Let those who know they serve a living God shout a living hallelujah. Before you take your seats, give your neighbor a high five on both sides. Welcome them into the presence of the Most High God. Let your neighbor know, neighbor, you're welcome. You're welcome. You will not go back home the same way you came. You will go home with a testimony. You will go home with a blessing. You will go home with a breakthrough. Uh, if you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be loud and clear. Open your Bibles with me quickly to the book of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 from verses 16 to 21. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 from verses 16 to 21. I read from the New International Version. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. For God himself is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not yet seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Please turn to your neighbor and say, by fire, by force, I love you. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like my face or not. Whether you like my height or not. Whether you like my complexion or not. I love you by force. We will be using a case study of a prophet named Ozia. 
In the book of Hosea chapter 1 from verses 1 to 11. Hosea chapter 1, Hosea chapter 1 from verses 1 to 11. You see God command a prophet, a holy man of God, to go and look for a young lady named Goma. A promiscuous lady. In my language, when they want to refer to a lady like that, they call her Anima Shaun. Which simply means anybody has access. A prostitute by nature, promiscuous by nature. God told a man of God to leave every other fine virgin in the land and go and marry Goma. Why? It does not make sense. But God wanted to show that his love for us, for you and I, it's not because we are perfect. It's because he decided to love us by force. Can I hear somebody say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, God, for loving me. Oh, I wish you understand what you are saying. Ozia, his name actually means salvation. That's what Ozia means. To be saved, delivered. And the name Goma, the prostitute, the promiscuous lady, her name means finished, complete. That's what her name means. And I'm sure for those of us who were here on Friday night, when the man of God was teaching us about love, he said, if you marry the wrong person, you are what? Finished. But if you marry the right person, you are complete. I will mention three points to us this morning very quickly. Point number one. God's love is unreasonable. God's love is unreasonable. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. says, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. For he cannot disown himself. We are created in God's image. We are God's own. So when he loves us, it's not out of reason. A lot of times, we know ourselves that we are unfaithful. Yet, whilst we are unfaithful, he remains faithful to us. Can I hear somebody say, thank you, Jesus? Romans chapter 3 from verses 10 to 18. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 from verses 10 to 18. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Verse 11. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Verse 12, for all have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Verse 13, their throats are open graves. Why? Because of the way you talk. Their tongues practice deceit. Why? Because of what we say. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Why? Because we backstab all the time. Verse 14. 
Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Verse 16. Ruin and misery mark their ways. Verse 17. And the way of peace they do not know. Verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. All of these things describe you and I. If one does not describe you, another one describes you. We are so quick to look for fight, quick to spread rumors, quick to spread deceit, quick to stab your neighbor, quick to do, do all manners of things. Yet in all these things, because God's love for us is unreasonable, he still loves us. Can I hear somebody say, thank you, Jesus? First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16 that for God so loved you and I, it is an act of love that made him sacrifice his only begotten son to redeem us. Once again, can I hear somebody say thank you Jesus. Many of us here, when we choose who we decide to love, it is based on certain criteria that we have. He must be like this. She must be like that. If he is not like this, no, 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 no way. If she is not like that, no, 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 we cannot flow. We reason our love out. But if we are truly showing love the way God wants us to show love, it is meant to be unreasonable. There are two types of love. Under reason and unreason. Number one type of love is what is known as the logical love. Logical love. This is a kind of love that loves lovely things and lovely people. The kind of love that loves lovely things and lovely people. Ah, I just love her. She's so lovely. I love the way she dresses. I love the way she carries herself. I love the way she speaks. In fact, I love the way you laugh. Even when you get angry, I love the way you are angry. Why? Because she's pretty. That is logical love. But then there is another type of love called illogical love. Illogical love. And this is a kind of loving that does not look for value in what it loves. But rather, it creates value in what it loves. Can I repeat that? Illogical love is a kind of loving that does not look for value in what it loves, but create value in what it loves. I love him. Ah, he's settled. House, car, job, everything is on ground. I love him. Why would I not love him? Hey, this one 
He doesn't even have a job yet. He hasn't even finished school. How can I love that kind of person? God forbid. I did not come into this world to come and suffer. My mother suffered with my father. I will not be like my mother. Illogical. When you're talking about illogical love, it is you see someone, whether they are perfect or not, and God has shown you that this is the person for you, you go ahead and you say, listen, we will build together. I will build you as you build me. And we will build together ourselves to where God is taking us. Many years ago, our father and the Lord, Jehovah ourselves of this great mission, came from the poorest family in the village. Saw my mother from a settled family in another village. Made an approach to her. Now there were several other men hanging, waiting in front of the queue before my father. One of them was a doctor. Another one a lawyer. Another one an engineer. My father was still a student. One pair of trousers, one shirt, no shoes. He approached my mother and my mother, guided by God, looked past his present state and said, you know what? I find value in you. I will build value in you. Today, she's not regretting it. Can I pray for somebody here looking for love? The most high God who is love himself will guide you. Uh, if you believe you are the one God is speaking to, let your amen be louder. Amen. Point number two. God's love is tough love. God's love is tough love. Hosea chapter 2 from verses 1 to 23. Hosea chapter 2. Hosea chapter 2 from verses 1 to 23. You will see that the wife of prophet Ozia, after she had given birth to children for him, after you would think their marriage is settled, that she had turned from her promiscuous ways, the Bible tells us she went back to her lottery. And God began to speak. I'm going to show tough love. I will do this. I will do that. Everything I have given the wristwatch I bought for Valentine's Day two years ago, I'm going to collect it back. The chocolate you ate two days ago, you will vomit it. Whatever it is I have done for you, out of love, I'm collecting it back. Now, when a man does that, ladies will say, he's so wicked. He did not love me in the first place. See, he wants to collect everything. He bought me engagement ring. He wants to collect it back. Has he not given it to me already? When he bought the phone for me, and the phone itself is not even fine again. The phone was not even the one I wanted. Now that we are broken up, he's saying I should return it. He's not even a good man. Thank God I wasn't going to marry him. It is tough love. Anytime you see a man behave a certain way, don't forget this man was created after God. God began to show tough love and said, Israel, go mad. All the descendants, everything I have done for you, I want it back. God's love is tough love. 
I know many of us say God's giftings are without repentance. It does not mean that God wants to collect it. He's simply showing you that if you say you love me and you say we are in a relationship together, then reciprocate the love. If you don't, then whatever I've given you out of love, I deserve to collect it back. Many of us here, when God brought us into this world, he impregnated us with so many potentials to be a blessing to our generation and to establish his kingdom here on earth. But because we turned our back on him, you would realize that little by little, some of the gifts you had when you were a little child, they are no more. And you begin to wonder what happened. Ah, little by little, God was taking his gift back. Can I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice? Everything you have lost because you did not love God the way you ought to. Today, by the special grace of the Most High God, there shall be sevenfold restoration. Amen. I thought your amen would be louder than that. Amen. There are four types of love that you should take note of. Four. The number one type of love is called storage. S-T-O-R-G-E, storage. S-T-O-R-G-E. This is the love between families. Between families. Brother, sister, cousin, uncle, auntie. And I'm sure many of you understand this type of love. That it is not everybody in your family you like. But you have to love them by force, by force. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. You have some brothers that if it were possible for you to kill them, bury them, remove them from your family line, you would have done so many years ago. But because of just that bond, that love, that you just have to love him, you have to love her by fire, by force, it is called storage. The second type of love that you should take note of is called filio. Filio, P-H-I-L-E-O, filio. This is a kind of love between friends. Friends. Ah, he's my friend. She's my friend. I don't know. I just love him. I just love her. We are friends. And you know, you can notice this when you see this person and your heart rejoices. You know you have love for this individual. It's not because of what they are buying for you. It's not because of what they give to you. Whether you are the one who is always giving, you just love that person. You love their company. You love to be associated with them. It's called filial. And there are some brothers, I'm sure, who are stuck in this friend zone. Who want to move past this zone. But the sisters are saying, sorry, old brother, I love you like a brother. The third type of love it's called Eros. Eros. E-R-O-S. E-R-O-S. This is the kind of love that, you know, describes romance between lovers. Romance between lovers. When you move past the stage of filio and you move to the stage where you now begin to say some, some wonderful things to each other. When I see you, I lose my mind. Some of you know what I'm talking about. In fact, heaven must be missing an angel because here are you standing in front of me. Ah, some of you know your lyrics. Eh? 
I'm no longer in the game. I've been out of the game many years ago. So don't mind me if the lyrics are old. But you get the point I'm making. This is when you see the person and you have butterflies in your stomach. They call you and they say, hello. You lose yourself. You don't know what is wrong with you. Your knees are knocking. You're just all over the place. You begin to sweat. You see the kind of love where you want to approach the person and you have to go to the mirror ten times. Check yourself. Make sure your nose, your everything is powdered. Not, all your eyebrows are on fleek. Everything is fine. Before and the, you go again, you go back to the mirror. Why? Because you want to appear perfect. This is what is called error. The fourth type of love is what we know as agape love. This one is unconditional. It's not based on looks. It's not based on family ties. It's not based on friendship. This is the kind of love that you even have for your enemies. Agape love. Then the third point I wanted to take note of is that God's love is unconditional. Because if it was based on conditions, I'm sure you know many of us will already be in hell right now. Because the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. The moment we sinned, we ought to have fallen down, died, and gone straight to hell. But because God loves us, he spared us, his mercy was renewed to us in the morning. That's why we woke up. And he said, listen, this one will not end up in hell. This one will not end up like the forefathers. This one must make it to heaven. God's love is unconditional. How do we know this? Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Hosea chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3 from verses 1 to 5. And the Lord said to me, again, this is God speaking to prophet Hosea, go back to that your wife that you married, that you tied it up that you made a good wife, that you gave a good name, that you have children with, that has cheated on you several times, that has badmited you several times, go back to her and show her love. Then the Lord said to me, go, show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raising cakes. Verse 2. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver. Because she backslided, she was sold again into the hands of the devil. So a man of God had to go and buy back his wife out of prostitution from her pimp. The mother of his children. And he went and bought her for 15 shekels of silver. And about a homer and a lethek of barley. Verse 3. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any other man. And I will live with you. Verse 4. For the Israelites will live many days without a king or a prince. 
Without sacrifice or sacred stones, without an effort or an idol. Verse 5. Afterwards, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last day. When somebody wrongs you, it is not vengeance that wins them back. It is love that wins them back. When somebody shows you hatred, it is not you showing them hatred that equals the equation. It is love that cancels out hatred. When somebody is terrorizing you, the case is not for you to terrorize them in turn. It is love that wins them over. God's love is unconditional. As I begin to conclude, it is a man's nature to run away from God, to not show God love because of sin. How do we know this? Genesis chapter 3 from verses 1 to 12. Genesis chapter 3 from verses 1 to 12. And Bible says that God came into the garden after man had sinned. And the moment man heard God walking in the garden, man ran away from God. Was it God that chased man? No. But because of our sin, it is in our nature to run away from God. Then God said, Adam, where are you? Where are you hiding? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I knew it was you coming. And then I ran away to hide myself. Then God said, ah, have you committed sin? Then look at the response of Adam. It is the woman you gave me to love. Do you know man fell because of love? Adam knew the instructions of God. He passed the instructions to woman. The moment woman fell, man had not yet fallen because man is the spiritual covering. But out of love, because whatever she cooks for you, whether there is enough salt or too much oil, or it does not have a good taste at all, out of love, you eat it and you compliment her. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Especially those of us who are married. When Adam saw Eve bringing the forbidden fruit, he recognized the fruit that this is the forbidden one. But out of love, he did what? He ate it. He had not finished eating it when God showed up. That's why the apple stuck in our throat up till today. <laughs> That's why they call it what? Adam's apple. So when you see us men with this, it is a remnant of the apple. It is an evidence of our love for our women. Are you getting that? If you want to appreciate God, appreciate That's why the scriptures we read earlier on says, I will come and redeem you from what you got from your forefathers. Because if God's love was based on condition, ah, from the Garden of Eden, we would already be dead. It is the nature of man to run away from God. 
But the good news is that it is in the nature of God to run after man. How do we know this? Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. Another version says, he's in the midst of you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. And then he will rejoice over you with singing. So when you are making noise all over the place with the way you are behaving, because it's not until you are shouting that you are loud. Your behavior is loud. Your promiscuous ways are loud. Whatever you are doing, it is loud. People are hearing it. That's why you will do something and you think it has been kept and hidden and then you will hear it from two states away that you did it. Our actions are loud. But then the Bible says, God will come, chase after you and quiet you with his love. And then he will clean you up. And rejoice over you with singing. That's why it is in the nature of man to chase after women. Despite the many rejections they give us. What do we do? It's as if we are gluttons for punishment. We will go again. They will slam us again. We will say no. My approach, maybe my approach was not perfect. Let me go from a different angle. That's why we will now go with a spiritual angle. And say sister... God spoke to me and said, you are the one. Because if she does not fear anybody, if she fears God, she will look in my direction. So we will use the name of God when God did not say anything. Why? It is in the nature of God to run after man to show us love. I don't know about you, but in this season of love, I want us to know that the kind of love God has for us is not one we can buy. It's not one we deserve. It's not even one that we are worthy of. Despite all of our imperfection, he still loves us. Despite all of our shortcomings, he still loves us. Despite our unfaithfulness, he still loves us. And we owe him love in return. Because that's all anybody wants, to be loved. That's why it is so painful when you show somebody love and they don't show you love in return. It's as if you want to die. Why? Because what everybody, every human being craves after is love. Please rise to your feet wherever you are. Perhaps you are here that you have not been showing God love. When you love, you give. For God so loved that it is. When you love God, you give your life to him. You give your life to him. Love to God. Then this is an opportunity. 
Or you once gave your life to him and you took it back. Which means you went back to prostitution and promiscuity and harlotry. Like Goma. God still loves you. He still wants you back. That's why the Bible says that Christ is our husband. And we, the church, we are the wife. You are here this morning. You want to give your life to Christ? Or you have given it before and you took it back and you want to rededicate it, this is an opportunity to do so. Wherever you are, step forward to the throne of grace so that God can have mercy on you. So that he can cleanse you, wash you, make you brand new, give you a brand new name, a brand new beginning so that you will not end up in the household of the enemy. Wherever you are, step forward, step forward, step forward. Don't let what your neighbor will think about you stop you because your destiny is not in your neighbor's hands. Your destiny is not in your friend's hands. It's in the hands of God and it is in your own hands. You want to surrender all to him. You want to say, Lord, I am sorry for all that I have done in time past. I'm ready to give my all to you. Stop all my sinful ways. Rededicate myself to you. You have an opportunity. Step forward this morning. Step forward this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. If there's nobody, then I want you to check yourself where you stand. Because the Bible says, he who thinks he stands, he should take it. Lest he has fallen. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before God, even though we think we're perfect. So wherever we all are, let's talk to God for mercy. Show us mercy, Lord. We might think we are perfect. We might think we are right before you. But we might have gone wrong in one way or the other. But just show us mercy. Show us mercy. Show us mercy. Show us mercy. Have mercy, O Lord. Have mercy, O Lord. Forgive all our errors. Forgive all our mistakes. Forgive all our shortcomings. Show us mercy, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Please lift up your hands where you are. Oftentimes, you can fall in love and many times you fall out of love. It would be a dangerous thing for you to fall out of love with God. Because then you fall into love with the devil. I want you to lift up your hands and cry to the Most High God and say, Father, touch my heart so that it is filled with love for you a hundred percent. Go ahead and talk to the Most High God. Father, touch my heart. Let it love you a hundred percent. Remove the love of the world out of my heart. Remove the love of sin out of my heart. Remove the love of fornication out of my heart. Remove the love of adultery out of my hands. Remove the love of backbiting out of my heart. The love of gossiping. 
The love of backstabbing, love of evil, remove it out of my heart, O oh Lord. Fill my heart with your love a hundred percent. Let me love you in the morning. Let me love you in the afternoon. Let me love you in the evening. Let me love you in the middle of the night. In my going out, let me love you. In my coming in, let me love you. Make me an embodiment of your love. An embodiment of your love. 